podcast. And on tonight's show, we will discuss the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson and what they did last Thursday night. The New England Patriots and Spygate Part 2, I guess. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles are hanging on for dear life. The Cowboys, uh, I don't know, they found something somewhere. And they were able to do something against the Rams. Houston and Tennessee battle it out, battle it out for AFC South Supremacy. And Buffalo and Pittsburgh had a Sunday night tussle. We'll also uh, preview next week. And afterwards, we'll have probably have a little podcast discussing Zion Williams or uh, and or the Jacksonville Jaguars and their grievances that have been filed against them, if we have the time. But let me go to the phone lines to the 601 area code, the bold new city of Jackson, Mississippi, and welcome on to homie Eminem. Eminem, what's going on, man? Hey, what up, Q? All right, not much, man. Just me and you start off, and uh, I say we'll okay, go okay, and jump right into it, man. We'll go um, straight to your boys and and go straight to Philadelphia. And Philadelphia had a have four division games to finish out the season. That's uh, not anything I'm used to seeing. I don't know. I've seen people finish out maybe, you know, two of them. But I've never seen anyone finish a season out with four division games. But uh, Philadelphia 37, yeah. Washington 27. 63,000 people at FedEx Field. Saw the Eagles even their record at 7-7. Seven and seven. The Redskins dropped to 3-11. and 11. And this game was kind of close up until um, the, the late in the fourth quarter, Eminem. I mean, we're talking uh, 14-10, Washington at the half. And uh, Philly was able to establish themselves in the second half. Actually had 157 yards rushing, uh, 415 yards total. You all had four fumbles, but you only lost one of them, so that's kind of fortunate. And uh, you won the time of possession battle because of the run game. But this was kind of an ugly win for you all, but it's actually kind of a good win despite it being ugly. Yeah, I mean, and uh, now, okay, you know, the most talked about and glamorized Division Four courses, y'all – and for y'all don't know what I mean by y'all, you're accused of huge Cowboy fan in case y'all tune in for the first time. And I'm a huge Eagles fan. But uh, as far as actual competitiveness, for the most part, the last probably three for sure, maybe five seasons of the division teams, we probably had a harder time with Washington uh, than anybody, and I, I don't really know why that is because they hadn't had a quality team in some time now. But uh, uh, real good win. Um, one more comeback, you know, uh, sort of last last minute heroics. But the key to everything, though, is the rushing stats. Now, of course, we can't have no turnovers. Uh, you can't beat nobody with turnovers. But we are a different team when we run the football. Rushing attempts more so than yardage gain. Yardage gain is a plus, but you have to have rushing attempts. It's like, uh, how can I say this? I know we're not talking about the Rams yet, 
but it's almost like golf and Wentz are almost in a parallel universe. It's like um, as Gurley goes, so does golf. And with us, it's just, you know, we don't have one premier back yet, even though Miles Sanders is starting to shape up like he's going to be probably uh, a future back in the in the in the, uh, a solid future back somewhere in the future, but the offense works better. Wentz has more confidence when we tend to deviate more to the run and, and the rush and, and kind of let the game kind of fill in itself. Now, of course, injuries have been huge. Probably, if it wasn't for Pittsburgh having so many injuries we probably would be the team people would talk about more so when it comes to um, uh, injured personnel. You know, pretty much all our damn receiving core is almost gutted. Uh, so that's a that's a huge uh, deficit. And I'm just kind of hoping that if, um, if some kind of way we can just kind of keep the momentum going and get into the playoffs that we can have Alshon as well as Deshaun Jackson back and – you know, really probably become a threat in the playoffs because if anybody can remember um, our opening two weeks, you know, we look like a team that nobody really don't want to come across too quick, you know. So, uh, but as far as the game itself, you know, defensively, I'm um, uh, secondary is always a concern. Uh, we got to have, we got to have more solid play from the, um, the defensive front because what's happening is we're allowing too many teams to get too many points. I mean, it's one thing to have injuries on offense, but you know we have to we ha- we have to get back to uh, more pressures. Uh, you know, a pressure is almost as good as a sack. And of course, Washington they they you know they the game Sunday they play real balanced with that. You know, Haskins they, he was throwing it, but. You know, they still went to the run and, uh, you know, pass off to Adrian Peterson. Uh, uh, I think he became, correct me if I'm wrong, he was fourth place down with touchdowns. Um, I know he passed Walter Payton for touchdowns. Um, I don't remember what rank he was off the top of my head. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but y'all definitely so need – we, um, we have to get better. You definitely need your receivers back, man. I mean – Alshon, No Sean Marino, uh, Big Sean, Sean Puffy Daddy Combs. I mean, y'all need something because uh, right now the guys y'all are trying not. Yeah, to. yeah, because uh, the the guy that uh, caught the touchdown at the end of the game, Ward. I mean, I, I'm I'm just like, damn. I was like, when I saw it, like, who the fuck is that? You know. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, Greg Ward used to be a quarterback in college. So let me go to the uh, phones. You know what? I think he was. Uh, I think at Texas Tech or somewhere. I can't remember. Let's go to the phones to the 732 area code up in Jersey and welcome on Ray. Ray, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Q? What's up, Co? Hey, what's going on, Co? All, All right. right. And then the 850 area code, welcome on, Buck. What's up, Buck? What's up? What's up? Yeah, he was a quarterback. Okay, okay. And Eminem, you got another line holding. You trying to switch? Damn. Hold on. I must get a bit of a butt down. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I yeah, because I, I got the new number 
saved right. in my cell phone, and I pulled that up, and I'm old school. I love the house phone, so. Okay. okay. Yeah, I did a butt call. Ain't nothing wrong with the house phone. <laughs> and um, on the Redskins side of things, Dwayne Haskins, 19 of 28, 261 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he had a fumble. And um, Urban Meyer was at the game, Ray. And Urban Meyer's checking things out. If you're Urban Meyer, I mean, do the Redskins like a pretty good team where he could take over? Uh, well, it, it all depends on what ownership does. If ownership allows uh, allows him to do what he does, then I think they can be all right. I don't think that'll be a, a bad hire at all. To me, Urban outside of Belichick, Urban Myers the best coach I've I've seen. So I, I would I would think so, and, I, and he knows what he can do with the way it happens. I mean. To me, I believe Haskins is going to turn into a real good quarterback. So, yeah, that that would be something to consider because uh, they got some nice pieces. They just need to really put it all together. Okay. And, and what they need to do is try to uh, piece things up with Trent, Trent uh, Williams because the left tackle was hard to find. Yeah, and if you get under a new coach and stuff like that, and they pay him some money, they may he may be willing to stay. Money solve everything. That's true. All right. Well, we'll yeah. move on. Yeah, and I think, uh, and I want to say this real quick about Haskins. I, I think that he's, uh, uh, even though you know Redskins is not somebody somewhere you want to go. Uh, but I think he's going to be a good fit for them in the future if they really just kind of build around his strengths. And, uh, you know, of course, like Cud said, I mean, you got to have a strong uh, line, especially left tackle with a right-hand quarterback. So, uh, but, you know, it all depends. Okay. Could be a good spot for him. All right. Uh, Houston 24, Tennessee 21. 65,000 people at Nissan Stadium saw the Texans come in and up their record to 9-5 and five and gain control of the AFC South, while the Titans dropped to 8-6. and six. It was a fairly entertaining game. It was tight at the half. Um, halftime score, well, actually, I'm sorry, not at the half, and into the, into the third quarter or beginning of the third quarter. It was 14-14, getting into the fourth quarter. And... Uh, then from there, Houston was able to get a 24-14 lead and hold on 24-21. And um, this game was kind of balanced. I mean, Tennessee did have more yards. Uh, Houston had another turnover, one more turnover than Tennessee did. Time of possession, Houston had about almost three minutes more. But um, they were able to make the plays, and Tennessee was not. Deshaun Watson was 19 of 27, 243 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, a sack. Carlos Hyde had 104 yards rushing and a touchdown, a little two weeks too late for my fantasy team. DeAndre Hopkins had six catches for 119 yards. And Buck, um, Houston, you know, was able to do it with some with a solid running game. And, you know, they Deshaun Watson didn't have to just – do it all like he normally does, and I think that's kind of the formula for them to win. 
excuse me, they're going to have an success. <coughs> excuse me. They're going to have an success going forward. <coughs> but. You all right? Yeah, that sounds like a good joint. Yeah, I, I'm all right, man. <laughs> yeah, it does. I was don't trying it, don't to, it though. I was trying to cough and I, I couldn't cough and talk at the same time and I tried to get my sentence finished and I couldn't do it. That that we he got he got that medical he got that medical uh he got that medical marijuana working, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let them fool you. But yeah, um, that that is the recipe for success for the Houston Texans. I mean, Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback. He's a really good quarterback, up and coming. Um, you know, he's rapidly rising up to that elite status. But he still, you know, their offensive line is garbage, and that's the reason why he gets knocked around on a continuous, you know, continuous basis, week in, week out. If they can get that running game going, set up a little play-action pass, that's definitely going to help Houston in the long run. <clears throat> and they'll, you know, keep their defense, you know, on the sidelines so they can get some rest. Because, I mean, you know, a fresh defense always helps. And, with, you know, they they got to have a fresh defense to kind of help them out since they don't have J.J. Watt out there. So the recipe for success is definitely that running game. Hell, this is the running game going to be the recipe that sets for a lot of teams, but especially this one, um, having out Deshaun and kind of keeping him upright instead of knocked on the ground. Yeah, you're right. I think the running game is definitely going to have to be uh, their key to success because they get into the first round of playoffs or get into, you know, and get knocked off or something like that. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Bill O'Brien. But um, on the other side, Ryan Tannehill was 22 of 36, 279 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and two sacks. He also had a rushing touchdown. Derrick Henry had 86 yards on 21 carries. And A.J. Brown out of Ole Miss led the receivers with eight catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. And Eminem, Tennessee has a decision to make on Ryan Tannehill, but – Man, he's playing like somebody that wants a contract. He looks pretty good. Yeah, and I'm I'm so glad you you came to me on that one because, like I say, man, uh, <clears throat> I have to eat my words a little bit, man, because I often uh, refer to Tannehill as pure garbage during the time in Miami. But I'm just like, damn, man, like, yeah, the, it shouldn't look that different. I mean, Tannehill looked like. He looked like almost like, man. How should I say this? Like shit. Does he have like five years here as as the premier quarterback? Because I'm just like, I you know I really hadn't studied that much up on uh, Tennessee, but I'm like, damn, did he reconnect with a offensive coordinator from the past or something? Because he looks so comfortable, and he looks like he's fully engaged. You know, a lot of time when a guy. Uh, you know, basically get run out where they wear the starter and just kind of start that journeyman type thing and 
you never know if they'll ever have a true starting position again and all that kind of stuff like that. I mean, he doesn't look like he's going that route. You know, he 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 looks like he has a command of the offense, like comfortable in the offense. You know, if you make it in the NFL, everybody can throw a football for the most part. But, you know, a lot of guys just don't seem to gel with certain systems or certain personnel or whatever. But he seems like – it seems like he's very comfortable there. Now, uh, you know, sometimes stuff like that can be fool's gold because we kind of seen that stuff over the years with, you know, uh, Fitzpatrick, he'll do that shit and then be like, damn, you know, what happened? And uh, and uh, I kind of ate my words on Kirk Cousins because he did that type of shit for a while. And, but now it seems like he's kind of ground himself out. So I don't know uh, which way they'll go with it. But I'm starting to think that one of the reasons for Talent Hill's success is um, the fact that he got, you know, Derrick Henry. Because when you got somebody to take a lot of pressure off of you uh, that can actually hurt you on the ground, you know, it, it kind of opens up it opens up the offense in different ways that he's probably hadn't been accustomed to. So, you know, that could be a part of it too. I don't know. But – uh uh, what what is he getting paid now? Just like I, I'm not minimum sure. Or something? I'm not sure what kind of contract Ventures, minimum, he has. because um, they got him. What well, they acquired well, him via the trade, right? Is, like, they they planning on signing him long term, from what I understand. Yeah, he got okay. traded last year for Money. a six round pick. Um. <laughs> So I'm I'm not sure. I have to try to look up his salary. Yeah, because now I don't know what this means for Mariota. I mean, maybe maybe he'll stay. I don't know, but uh, it don't it don't look like he gonna get his job back there no time soon. Because Tannehill, man, he's he's actually got Tennessee looking like a formidable team. You know, where he's not clearly the weakness or something. He had two years left on his contract. Eighteen million for this year. Excuse me, nineteen million for this year, and well, eighteen point seven this year, and then nineteen point four next year. But I don't know if Miami agreed to pay any of that or anything like that. But that's what he was looking like initially. So, but yeah, he's playing some ball, so I gotta give him some credit, you know. And he has to, maybe it's yeah, because I've seen one of those. Uh, I can't remember which quarter it was, but I remember seeing the highlights of when he hit ground, uh, and the ball was so pretty, man. I was just like, damn. Man, Tanner Hill was just doing it. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. And uh, we got New England, 34, Cincinnati, 13. 57,000 people. And um, Paul Brown Stadium saw New England up their record to 11 and three. Cincinnati dropped to one and 13. And uh, not only the 57,000 people at Paul Brown Stadium saw it, a camera crew from Massachusetts saw it as well. Right there. <laughs> But we'll get, wow. get to that in a second. And this game was actually close. It was actually 10, what, 13-10 New England at halftime. And then in the second half, 
New England made adjustments. Probably watched that UCR tape they had gotten from the film crew. And um, they were able to make enough plays. I mean, Cincinnati had five turnovers. And when you have five turnovers, you're probably going to lose. The double through four turnovers. Oh, yeah. 17 of 31, 151 yards, a touchdown, four interceptions. Uh, that negated Joe Mixon having 136 yards rushing. And so, Ray, uh, I mean, Cincinnati is not a good team. But, I mean, this whole deal with the the camera crew spying on them allegedly and all that stuff, do you buy into it or do you think the Patriots' reputation is what made it blow up like it did? I mean, I, I believe they, they film them. I believe that they uh, broke the rules and stuff like that. I don't believe it has nothing to do with them winning, but I do believe that the rules were broken on purpose. But um, the problem is, is uh, you can't really get New England to pass for that. I love Belichick. I think Belichick is their coach, their coach, college or pro. But at the same time, if he was a ball player, They'll be fucking over and over nonsense. You know, oh, you know, the girl said this, she did that. You know, like they're doing Antonio Brown and several other people. Not to justify none of the other behavior, but they don't get the benefit of the doubt. So you can't give ownership the benefit of the doubt, or you can't give uh, nothing New England does the benefit of the doubt because if it was the player, they would be held accountable and pulled off the field and all that before they even know if they're guilty. We know that New England is guilty two other times at least. So I think that um they got to come down pretty 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 uh pretty hard on them. And I don't know if the league will do that because with the shit that went on with Robert Kraft, he's supposed to have been out of league for a year or something and not be able to come around, but they allowing them to do it. So. I mean, how I mean, how would you punish? I don't, I don't know why they. If you were the commissioner, if I was the commissioner, same way they talking about Miles Garrett, we gonna do something unprecedented. We gonna take the twenty twenty first round pick, twenty twenty one first round pick. We gonna suspend the coach for a year, and we gonna find the organization fifty million dollars. Ooh, that would get it. So now, 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 now we sending a message. A million dollars and all that shit, that's like $500 a week. It ain't, I mean, it, it, it's, it's money, but it ain't nothing big. You got the you got the hurdle. And I don't think that the NFL would – tell me this, really, whether you like him or don't like him or whatever the case may be, a guy like Antonio Brown, so you lose 10 12 $15 million – in one year, because somebody said this and somebody said that, okay, the, what is the $15 million to him versus $50 million to Kraft? It ain't nothing. You got to hit this guy where, and remember, every NFL team gets $275 million before they even turn the lights on. So you t- do something crazy. <laughs> Take that whole 275. Now you're going to feel me. When I ask you to why, ask yourself, why not? He owned the team for 30 years. The player playing 14 years if he's lucky. 
and you take a year's salary from him. Why not? Yeah, that's going to hurt. Because you know what? I ain't never thought about it like that, but that's a hell of a point. <laughs> you know, shit. Yeah, we, we, we can't have two sets of rules. You yeah, you're right, because a whole year's salary for a player, he's like, okay, well, damn, that's a good point. A whole year's salary for a damn owner. Fuck him. Yeah, listen, this is the integrity yeah. of the game we're talking about. We're not talking about some hole on the street talking about, yeah, we was fucking three, four years, and now he grabbed me from behind and all this shit don't make no sense when you got to pay holes the full weight. You understand? We caught you, you on film doing this. Whether it's a massage parlor or record the sideline, you on film doing this. Yeah, yeah. The patients remind me of uh, these people uh, <clears throat> that you know how. Well, you know, all of us been grown for a lot of years and stuff like that. But you know how there are certain things that's instant, like armed robbery and stuff like that. Then there's other stuff that just I don't know. You just know, little minor fines that can add up, that can add up, and that can add up, and then you're like, damn, you know, you're like, damn, man, you you don't want to, you don't want to go to prison for that little shit, the Patriots kind of remind me of shit like, well, it ain't enough to say, you know, I'd be the first one to say, you know, pretty much with the flake gate and all that, all that shit happened, but they still was going to win, it had nothing to do with on the field as much, but they have just created a stigma that is a cloud, it's going to forever be a cloud over them. With, um, I don't know, just doing that little extra thing to, you know, it's like, it's almost like, um, you know, the, the <laughs> putting a roll of dimes or something on your, on your pre-wraps, uh, if you're a boxer or something, it ain't got nothing to do with your skills, but shit, it's going to make a difference when you're on the hits, you know, it's like they find little things that just kind of, uh, you know, give a little leverage here and there. And, uh, you know, I, I think the damage has already been done, though, because anytime, you know, people that clearly have defined them as the, you know, uh, premier organization and all that, are uh, now it's almost like, it's almost like, yeah, okay, Brady's the GOAT, Belichick the greatest coach, but yeah, the Patriots. I think they still are cheaters to an extent. I mean, that seems that seems to be the thing that comes off of damn near everybody's mouth now. Nobody's saying it like they needed that stuff to be successful. But nobody is. It's 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 almost like it's almost like. But well, damn, is everybody lying on y'all? Is everybody mistaken? It's almost like okay, you you. Whole number 60 coming out on Bill Cosby now. I was like, damn, you know, well, maybe you did grab somebody's ass. I don't know. So, you know, I think that, that uh, you know, they just done got to that point. But, you know, I think Cuz made a great point, you know, uh, about Kraft. You know, it's like, man, y'all, you know, he don't feel that shit, man. That's a joke. That's a text right off. Right. Literally. And literally, yeah. But you, you hit that motherfucker with a whole, you hit that motherfucker with a whole, with, uh, with, will be a year's, investment for him well guess what we ain't got no just do your job film we we we, matter of fact we're gonna let the we're gonna let the the nfl pick our inflators of the ball we ain't flying no damn drones over nobody's practice we ain't doing none of that stuff but uh who was that i heard today 
you know, when schooling, I miss everything. But I, I walked in at the end of, I think, the Will Kane show. Maybe it was a replay of it. And somebody, I don't know who we was talking to, said, like, uh, is it one of them things like, well, yeah, you got you got caught three times, but damn, how many other times you did it? Because, you know, one thing about it, when, when you have the uh, label of being super smart, then people kind of have you guilty of things beyond what you might be even doing because they're like, well, yeah, you know, yeah, you you got sloppy that time, but shit, man, y'all probably do this shit every week. And then, you know, it's like, well, this is the perfect time to do it. Cincinnati barely won any games but one game, so nobody's going to suspect us, and boom, it blew up in your damn face, you know. So, you know, sometimes you can be too smart for your own good. You got to have right. some common sense. Right. Okay, and uh, just want to catch y'all up. I don't know if you all heard or not, but it looks like the votes are in and Donald Trump has been impeached. I just want to throw that out there for y'all to check out. Okay. Good. It ain't going to mean nothing. It's not. But it ain't going to go through the Senate. It's not going to rain. I wouldn't be surprised if Donald Trump be the first impeached president to get reelected. It wouldn't surprise me a bit. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I can, I can see that. <clears throat> all right. So, that's Tom why Brady. they doing all this. They never yeah. seen Right. Huh? I said, right. I said, the Democrats don't have anybody that can beat them. So, Tom Brady was 15 of yeah. 29, 128 yards, and two touchdowns. He got sacked twice. So, Tom Brady wasn't hitting on nothing. Sony uh, Michelle had 89 yards rushing. Uh, and James White had th- three catches for 49 yards. New England's offense is still bad right now, and they got to figure it out. I don't know who they got to spy on to get it right, but they got to figure that out. So, all right, we'll move on. Yeah, Dallas 44, Los Angeles Rams 21. 90,000 people at. Cowboys Stadium saw the Cowboys even their record at seven and seven. AT and T. And uh, nope, I call it Verizon before I call it AT and T. The Rams dropped to eight and six and really had really hurt their playoff chances. I mean, they're mathematically still in it, I guess, but it really hurt them. And this game got out of control early. Normally, we used to Dallas going down twenty-eight to seven, but this time it was the Rams. And they were down 28 to 7 at the half. Actually got to 37 to 7 before they scored a couple of touchdowns in the fourth uh, to make it 44-21. And this game had some some weird things going on. First starting off with the coin toss. That was kind of crazy. I never seen anything like that. Where they had to use replay to try to determine who shot the ball in the second half. And I think the referee handled that all wrong. Walter Anderson's been a referee for 20 years. So why he couldn't figure this out, I have no idea. But uh, he got that all wrong. And uh, But as far as the game itself, uh, Dallas had 263 yards rushing, which is kind of opposite of what happened in the playoffs when the Rams ran all over Dallas. And they only needed Dak to throw for 212 yards. He only had – he was 15 of 23. That's kind of where you want him. Two touchdowns. Um, he ran the ball seven times. 
He only got 12 yards, but we've, we've talked about it on this show before that just the threat of him running makes, oh, yeah. makes a huge difference. <clears throat> and Ezekiel Elliott had 117 yards rushing, two touchdowns, 43 yards receiving. Tony Pollard in a mop-up row had 131 yards uh, rushing and a touchdown, including a 44-yard run. And leading them in receiving was uh, Tavon Austin on one catch for 59 yards, which was for a touchdown. And uh, Eminem, I think the the two things in this game that stand out the most, one, um, the Cowboys defense looked like they actually came to play. Uh, they got Antoine Woods back, and he made a huge contribution on the first drive of the game. I think he had three tackles on the Rams' first possession. And then Sean Lee was able to play well. Uh, but I think the running game and the defense made the difference. And I also think that, you know, the Cowboys had played four games in 19 days, and they had 10 days off of this one. They thought they had a little energy, too. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they look fresh and they look relaxed. I mean, uh, now one, one luxury is when, when your whole division sucks, you know, <clears throat> in record anyway, you know, that pressure don't be on you so much like, you know, uh, the deals with the Rams, because think about it. <clears throat> you know, right now the Rams would be pretty much a runaway for the <laughs> NFC East if they was in the East, but shit, right. they – they only have six losses, and, and it's like they bottomed out. You know, it's I like, mean, damn, man. You think about you know, it, so, the Cowboys uh, have had two three-game losing streaks, and they're still in first place. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's awful. You know, but uh, but at the same time, I, I will say this. Uh, you know, the, the, the bread and butter of the Dallas Cowboys, to me, is – Ezekiel Elliott, and then when you when you feed that monster, it just seems to make everything else click. The defense, of course, is more rested. Uh, Dak seems to play with more confidence, and then they actually had him on a you know uh, for a chance uh, a few design runs. You know, that's a big dude, man, and you know just the thought of him pulling it down sometime on a third and three or whatever going to make any DB play honest. So it kind of, you know, uh, softens some things up, and uh, and that uh, uh, that to me that kind of led to that. Uh, I can't remember what quarter it was when uh, when Jason Witten had that, you know, great catch that he actually scored on. Yeah, I think that was uh, the, it was a real good catch. But I mean, that might have been the everything first quarter seemed to flow like second. that, and you would have those. Yeah, I think it was first or second. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, but that's what the running game does, and then when you have a quarterback that's that's gifted enough to you know pull it down sometime itself, well, you're gonna catch somebody slipping sometimes. I mean, now, I don't know what happened on uh, you. I do know what happened on when uh, Tavon Austin caught that ball. It's like it's like, it's like the Rams DBs did a pick play on each other. You know, somebody yeah, got knocked. They knocked them down. Knocked their head off. And it was just like wow. But the thing about it though. You know, it depends on which deck you get. I have seen times when, you know, even something that wide open wouldn't necessarily look that pretty coming to them. So, you know, uh, I just think that uh, y'all played a solid game Sunday, man. But like I say, but uh, you know, twenty one got a lot to do with that. He's he's the least talked about 
by many, but to me, you know, everything kind of lives and dies with what you do with Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, you know, kind of like I made the analogy earlier when I was talking about the Eagles. You know, we lean on the run more. It seemed to seem to win plays more solid. Same thing with with golf. You know, they kind of waited late in the season to start doing it with Gurley, but uh, even toward the end of the game, you know, he, you know, he he had some. Uh, I think Gurley had a, a bad drop <clears throat> on one play, and I think on one play he threw the ball short. So, but if that would have connected, I think <clears throat> damn, I'm doing the same shit you doing now. Can't, <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> that would have had a huge difference in the game. I mean, the game probably would have went down. You know, it probably been more competitive. You know, <clears throat> yeah. but uh, we, we'll see Sunday. Yeah. And if y'all play like that, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, it's gonna be hard to beat. That's you know, the thing about it. We don't we don't know how we're gonna play. We don't know how either one of these teams gonna play. It right. might be a zero might be zero zero going into four. Twenty eight points. So but Buck yeah. twenty eight points. If, if you give Cowboys they if they score twenty eight points and keep a lead, then Dallas will win. If they can't if they do that seven points and then don't show up the rest of the game, then they're gonna get blowed out. Yeah, but you I, just don't know what team gonna show up. But to be honest, either with, one of these teams. But to be that to be honest with you, Buck, if any team scores twenty eight points, they should win. To be honest with you. But all right, the the yeah, Rams right. where Jared Goff was thirty three of fifty one, two hundred and eighty four yards, two touchdowns and interceptions, sacked twice. Uh, Ty Gurley twenty yards rushing. He did have a touchdown um, on the ground and one receiving. Tyler Higby. Led everybody with 12 catches for 111 yards. And um, Buck, the Rams' offense, uh, they weren't able to run the ball, and that made it tough on everyone else. The wide receivers seemed out of sync. Um, Robert Woods was targeted nine times, only had four catches. Brandon Cooks was 50% on his targets. Um, do you think it was the pressure that got to golf because they couldn't run? Or, I mean, what do you think happened to – the Rams offense and the fact that they didn't show up in a game that they really had to have. Well, I mean, the Rams have had offensive woes all season, um, you know, mainly because they haven't been running the ball effectively. Um, really and truthfully, I mean, we really want to take a look at what's really going on with the Rams. And, you know, some people saying, uh, you know, the blueprints out there, you know, to, to take out the Rams. It doesn't have a damn thing to do with it, no blueprint. What it has to do with their offensive line is just just straight out hot garbage. I mean, their their offensive line the line play has been bad all season. So you know that that affects your running game. That also affects your quarterback. And Jared Groff does not have time to stand back there and survey the field and you know survey you know where the receivers are or even the checkdowns for that matter. And he's you know making you know. The, making critical errors and mistakes. And, you know, the offensive line play has just been, just been bad. And they need, you know, that's something that they need to work on or address in the offseason. Because, um, you know, I don't know if they, I don't know if they've had significant injuries up and down the offensive line. I'm not sure. But, you know, you got a, a relatively healthy Todd Gurley. And, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, like Eminem said, sometimes you can get too cute for your own good. And uh, Sean McVay, I think, 
you know, has tried to change his play, his play style of play calling a little too much. I mean, I don't think, you know, teams have figured him out just yet. I just think, you know, sometimes you got to stick with it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And I think he's trying to fix it, and it's not broken. So I think that's more or less the problem that the Rams have. And you're in a, you know, you're in a Trump-type division, you know, with the 49ers and Seattle, you know, pretty much, you know, ruling the roost. And you're in here trying to make quick, you know, quick decisions and, you know, change things up. And you really didn't need to change anything up. You got to stick to the basics. So, um, you know, we'll see. But they're pretty much, you know, I don't expect them to make the playoffs. And mainly because, you know, just inability to stick with the game plan. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on. And we'll go to Buffalo 17, Pittsburgh 10. 65,000 people at Heinz Field saw the Bills go to 10-4. First time they won 10 games in about, I think, since 1999. And the Steelers fall to 8-6, and six, ended their winning streak. It was a pretty tight, kind of sloppy game um, as far as um, the offense goes. Uh the both teams combined barely made it over 500 yards of offense. There were seven turnovers in the game, five of them by the Steelers, uh, 14 penalties, eight of them by Buffalo. Buffalo won the time of possession battle by about four and a half minutes. Josh Allen's 13 of 25, 139 yards, a touchdown, an interception, and a sack. He had 28 yards rushing and a TD. Devin Singletary had 87 yards rushing, and John Brown, seven catches for 99 yards. And, Ray, Buffalo didn't look good doing it. You know, the Steelers do have a good defense. But they were able to win a tight game, and I think this game will probably go a long way towards Buffalo in the playoffs because it was a gritty game and it was kind of ugly, but they were still able to win it. Well, yeah, I mean, but Buffalo is a good team. I mean, they've been bad so long that out of all the teams with a good record, I think up until maybe two weeks ago, nobody was really taking Buffalo seriously. When they start taking Buffalo seriously is when they beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Until then, I mean, I think a lot of people were really sleeping on them. I mean, I know they had a good defense. I like that Devin Singletary, when he, came up, when he was coming out of college, I thought he was going to be – you know, hell of a running back, you know, but um, I think that uh, the Bills are really proving that they are forced to be reckoned with. And, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's good to see that another team in the division is really starting to come up. And, you know, who knows what can happen Sunday. Five girls is a hard place to get in, but Bills are tough. I mean, when they played the Steelers, uh, you know, I, I I picked them to win because they had the better record, and you know, I think they I think they're a real good team. And you know, Josh Allen makes his mistakes, he fumbles, but man, he's a, he's 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 tough or nothing else. And when you see a quarterback like that, all he has to do is learn. When he learns how to take care of the football, when he learns how to. Uh, make better decisions, I think he's going to be 
a pretty good quarterback in his league. So, you know. Okay. But as far as them going up against uh, uh, Steelers, Steelers has a good defense, but the offense is, is kind of shaky. I mean, I like, uh, what's his name, Duck, but Duck needs some more help. You know, Juju doesn't to get that healthy. Yeah, yeah, the injuries uh, aren't helping them at all. And, and Buck, Devlin Hodges was 23 of 38, 202 yards, a touchdown, but he had four interceptions, plus he was sacked four times. James Conner had 42 yards rushing, but he only had eight carries. Uh, and James Washington led all receivers with five catches for 83 yards. So the offense just wasn't there, but, but I mean – think it was more of Buffalo's defense or, um, you know, Devlin Hodge, maybe his his inexperience. I mean, where do you put the fault as far as y'all not being able to consistently move the ball and score points? I think we made a we made one of the biggest mistakes we could have made, which is not running the football. Um, I, I don't know what we were thinking about. Maybe it's something that we saw on film. I'm just not sure. Um, while we just open up with five wide receiver sets. First of all, we're playing with third and fourth string wide receivers. So to open up with five wide receiver sets was just asinine because Connor was ripping these guys the new ass, you know, um, 11, you know, gashing them for 11 and 10, you know, 10 yards a click in the first and second quarter. And then we just got away from the running game for whatever reason. Um, we tried to switch the backs up a little bit, which, you know, they said they were going to use you know, try to, you know, spell Connor a little bit. And um, I just think that since Connor was doing well and the other running backs weren't, they just decided that they were going to go with the passing game. And it's something that we hadn't done since Duck has taken, you know, taken over the uh, reign. So I just think it was just poor, you know, poor, pure execution. I mean, we got we got to run the ball helps Duck, be able, you know, with the play action pass and throwing the ball downfield. And I just, I think we just, we did not give the running game a chance. And sometimes you just got to stick with the hot hand. I know you're trying to spell Connor because of that shoulder, but the man was running really good and the other running backs kind of were a little off. And I just think since they were off, they decided that well, we just going to pass. Well, you know, we're tidying down, you know, with McDonald out with, you know, concussion protocol. And that didn't help matters. But when you're not used to throwing the football consistently, you know, sometimes you just got to take the reins off. And I think that um, Randy Feekner has kind of kept the reins real, real tight on these guys. It hurt Mason Rudolph, too. Sometimes you just got to – you got to play to these guys' strengths, and he's just not doing that. So um, hopefully we can get that corrected this week and – um you know, maybe Juju may be coming back. We are playing the Jets, but we'll see how how things progress. But I think they need to take the shackles off these guys and let these guys play. But another thing, too, our offensive line play is just really, really, really concerning. Um, I don't know. We got we basically got the same offensive line except for two two players. And like I said, I've said this countless times. Um, Mike Munchak moving to Denver on a lateral move really, really hurt the Steelers worse than anything 
Le'Veon Bell or Brown, you know, them leaving because that offensive line has struggled all year. And, you know, we got good guys on – we got Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl guys damn near in every position, and they're just playing like garbage. And um, I was really shocked that, you know, Marquis Fountain actually made the Pro Bowl. I'm going, like, you serious? He's been playing like garbage all year. And um, we shouldn't have anybody on the, in Pro Bowl on the, on the offensive line the way our offensive line is played. So I don't know what we can do this, at this late date to get that straightened out. But it all started with the offensive line. We got to get that offensive line play straightened out first. Then our running game and, and passing game would be a whole lot better. But we only have two more games. Hopefully we can win one of the two and keep our sixth position and make it to the playoffs. And then, But we got, we got to get this corrected because otherwise, you know, even if we do make the playoffs, we, you know, we're not going to be worth shit. So hopefully we'll make those changes. Okay. Well, if nothing else, I got to give uh... – Tomlin credit for winning eight games again. Um, so he's not going to have another losing. He's not going to have a losing season. So props for him to get in that point because um, Justin looked like it at the beginning of the year, but he's he's done to me his best coaching job ever. And right now you got Tennessee on your tail. Tennessee is um, eight and six, and so. Uh, yeah, I got to try to stay ahead of them. Mathematically, I guess the Browns are are still in it, and maybe then the Raiders and the Colts. But uh, it would take a lot for for all of them to get in. And when you look at the schedule down the stretch, uh, the Steelers have you know the Jets and Baltimore, whereas Tennessee has the Saints and Houston again. So it's going to probably be a little bit tougher for Tennessee than it is Pittsburgh. And if Pittsburgh wins one of those games, then um, I can't really see Tennessee um, winning both of theirs. But stranger things have happened. All right. Baltimore, 42. The Jets, 21. 70,000 people at M&T Bank Stadium saw the Baltimore Ravens up their record to 12-2. and two. And they're in sole possession of first place in the AFC, where the Jets dropped to five and nine. And man, this game—I don't know—I went to sleep on it early, so I can't tell you how it ended. Baltimore had 218 yards rushing, 430 total yards. Uh, the Jets turned the ball over twice, so I mean, you pretty much know how this goes. Lamar Jackson, 15 of 23. 212 yards, dude at five touchdowns. Not making any sense. I think that's his what third five touchdown game this year. Um, 86 yards rushing. Yeah. Mark Ingram added 76 yards rushing and a touchdown, and he also had a passing touch, a receiving touchdown. And Seth Roberts had three catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. And Ray Baltimore just keeps rolling along, man. They do what they want to do how they want to do it, and as long as they're running the ball like that, man, they're, they're just hard to, to beat, man, because it looks like in the fourth quarter in all their games, teams just want to go home. They don't even feel like tackling Mark Ingram no more, fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mark Ingram is having a hell of a season along with uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's usually when a team runs that much, 
you can put a lot of guys in the box, but the way Lamar Jackson is throwing the ball and the way that Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown and, and uh, Smead and all them guys are catching it, that's, that's a combination that we never really seen it done like that before. Because Lamar Jackson runs more than Michael Vick did, but his arm is much better. And I remember uh, last year, they asked Michael Vick about uh, Lamar Jackson, and Michael Vick said Lamar Jackson is five times better than I was. Normally, you don't hear players say that when they're done playing. But I was like, you know, last year I thought he ran entirely too much. But this year, he's a better runner, he's a better thrower, he's a better decision maker. I mean, I don't think i ever seen a player turn things around this much this soon. Because if you look at the last playoff game they played against the Chargers, he looked like he was completely lost and didn't know what to do. This year, it's like, man, he, he getting ready to make something happen either with his arm, with his legs, or uh, something. So, I mean, I, I don't believe they could be stopped. And only team I really believe that could actually beat them is, is San Francisco because they got the horses up front. If they play San Francisco in the Super Bowl, I'd take San Francisco because they'd be on a neutral field. And they almost lost on the home field to glad play the game to win. They got the win, but generally when it's like that, their way team, normally if you get them on a neutral field, things might go a little different. But Baltimore is, is definitely rolling. I mean, to get Mark Ingram, I don't know why New Orleans let him go. If they lose, it'll probably be because they don't have Mark Ingram. And as you can see, Alvin Kamara don't look the same without Mark Ingram. So, Not even close. You know, for a guy run like that, for a guy to run like that for $5 million, he signed for three years, $15 million. I said, man, I said, shit, we should pick him up for that. I know that's right. Yeah, they got a good thing going, man. And like I say, I don't I – don't, do, as a matter of fact, I know we haven't seen anything like it. We've seen guys that run the ball. We've seen guys that, you know, the, the uh, Steve Youngs and all that with the ability to run, but they were passing quarterbacks. This guy is a running back with a quarterback's arm. So, I mean, kudos to him, man, because they 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 really turned things around for what it was. Last year was a whole lot of running, very little throwing, not getting the receivers involved. Now, not only is he playing well, not only is he playing MVP football, but his teammates they love him. And when you got that going, I think that. Man, everybody in the locker room and the coaching staff, they believe in him. So, you know, Baltimore is going to be a tough out. But they got to keep pushing because if you got to go up to Foxborough, you might get Foxborough up there if the game <laughs> gets close. So you want to be on your home field. You ain't kidding. And you better question every camera crew you see around your location. So... All right, well, um, and then their defense is playing well, too. I mean, Marcus Peters, since he's gotten there, has made that defense that much better. So they're, they're doing great. They have some pro bowlers on defense. Uh, the Jets, Sam Darnold, 18. Earl Thomas. 32. Yep. 
218 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and a sack. He also fumbled. So the kissing bandit wasn't able to get it done. Le'Veon Bell had 87 yards rushing. He didn't have a bad day. Jamison Crowder, six catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, but he needed about three more touchdowns if they were going to win this game. And uh, they just got dominated in this one. So, you know, as far as the Jets are concerned, I mean, they can't be too mad. But, but um, and then some other action. Had Seahawks beat the Panthers 30-24. Russell Wilson threw for 286. And Carson, Chris Carson went for 133 yards rushing. Uh, the Giants beat the Dolphins 36-20 in what may be Eli's last game. Eli's the only person I know who can win a game despite throwing three interceptions, and everyone still loves him. So uh, they probably just happy to see him get the W more than anything and finish his career with a 500 record. The Chiefs jumped on the Broncos 23-3. Um, Pat Mahomes, 340 yards passing. The Packers beat the Bears 21 to 13. Mr. Biscuit threw for 334 yards, but I guess he should have thrown for a little more. As did you all see the ending of that game where it looked like they could have won that game with one more lateral and that guy for whatever reason waited too late to try to pitch it. I thought they had them, man. I thought they, they had them. That was that was just, that was very disappointing for Chicago cuz they they had a playoff they were trying to make the playoffs, too, even though they probably weren't, but they were trying. So that put them out. Tampa Bay 38, Detroit 17. James Winston threw for 458 yards. That uh, dog on James Winston. Now, he's going to throw about seven picks, but he's going to sling that ball. He's going to sling that ball. So I don't know what you're yeah, doing yeah. Him if you're Tampa Bay um, regarding bringing him back or not next year. Minnesota 39, the Chargers 10. Philip, Philip Rivers threw for 307 yards, but he may as well on the throne for three yards because they didn't do anything. Jacksonville 20, Raiders 16. And we oh, we gotta talk about this one. Forgot about this one, right? Uh the Oakland in their last game uh got upended by the Jaguars five and nine. Raiders dropped to six and eight. Kind of all but dashed you all's uh playoff chances. And you all were winning this game 16-3, to but then the Jaguars were able to come back, and they scored with 34 seconds left. But they had a controversial play in this game, man. The fourth quarter, the referees did a team in again. And I don't know if you've seen the play or not, but Derek Carr was running towards the sidelines, and he slid in bounds, and his momentum kind yeah. of carried him out of bounds. But they said that he was – out of bounds, and they stopped the clock when they should have been running the clock, and that would have been an extra 40 seconds off the clock. Maybe Jacksonville wouldn't have had enough time to win this game. Did you see the play, and what did you think about it? Yeah. Yeah, I watched the whole game, man. It was just, just disgusting how we lost the game. It's just pure, I don't know, man, Just we just, just collapsed. I mean, we had them whole game practically. Or the whole second half, like sixteen three. I mean, the last play, or, or well, Derek Carr's play. To me, Derek Carr is is a good quarterback, but he figures out a way to do something stupid. Listen, had you slid 
two yards short of going out of the sideline, what difference does it make? You know, usually they usually gave him a chance to even have to make that decision on whether he was inbounds or he was out of bounds. Okay, you run the ball. Who cares if you make it to the, the sideline? Stop five yards short, slide down where you are, and the clock keeps rolling. You wait till you get down into the sideline and you slide. Now they're talking about, oh, you didn't make it, or you made it, you slid out of bounds and all this kind of stuff. Now it's controversy. We lost two games when he lost the football going through the end zone, stuff like that. Listen, I mean, not that I knew it was over for us to make the playoffs really when we lost that game to the Jets. We were six and four. Now, we lost that game to the Jets. You know, chances of you beat us beating Kansas City was going to be slim to none. So that's two losses. Then you come back again. And, and and now it's four games in a row. So it, it it was it it was disappointing. I mean, we have a lot of players hurt, but we didn't lose the game because we got guys hurt. We lost the game because it was just we didn't execute and we didn't keep our foot on the gas and we didn't score and we allowed them to score. Only thing they had on us the whole game was the fact that them defensive ends was coming off that ball. With Trent, Trent Brown is hurt, and we had to put Brandon Parker in the right tackle. And, you know, and Dogway and uh, Josh Allen just had a field day on it. You know, uh, Lewis Campbell was beating uh, Colton Mill on the other side. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's hard to watch. We lose a game like that. I'd rather get beat, you know, 34-3 like the Jets or something, then to see something like that happen. I mean, they driving down the field. I say, hey, I know we're going to lose this game already because I can see how it's unfolded. I didn't see it too many times. And really, we didn't deserve to win the game. So, you know, although it pissed me off, you know, that that's the way it goes. Now that we're not going to do anything, we really need to lose out to try to get a decent draft pick. We got the Chicago Bears pick, and we got out. So, you know, nothing that we can do. We gonna, Even if we were to win out and somehow get in there, we're going to lose anyway when we get there. So better to just come back next year and regroup and do better and set up with a, with a, with a much better team. Because we, we barely had wide receivers because all our guys are hurt or, or – you know, or, or suspended or something like that. So, you know, it's it's hard for our offense. And then Josh Jacobs is hurt with a bad shoulder. He missed last game. He played this game, but he was injured, and he's going to be out for the next game. So, you know, let's just say this one is a good day for us. We had the game one all the way until they came back and just – Feed us for little to no time on the clock. Yeah, uh, it's, it's messed up, but I do think that 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 call did play a did play a role in that. It was my understanding that if a player once a quarterback starts his slide, and maybe you know when he's outside the pocket, once he starts his slide, I thought he was down where he started the slide. So I didn't even understand the controversy. About him being out of bounds, I, I didn't understand yeah. that at all. I, 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 yeah, 
I I I agree. That's what it should have been. But if you don't leave it to chance, we all know the referees are horrible. The, the best we have. Football is the greatest sport in the world, but they the best we have, and the referees are horrible. So you really can't say, oh, we need to do this or that, because you bring a replacement referees, man. That guy hit a guy in a locker room and then say he, you know, that he wasn't out of bounds. So it's nothing we really can do. Mm-hmm. But um, I think if had he would have ran, time he got outside the pocket and slid and fell on his back, uh uh, uh, uh 10 yards inbound, ain't no way that he could have been out of bounds. Right. So what was he trying to do? You ain't trying to get the first down. What you trying to do? So I agree. He should have been should have been called the other way. But you can't leave it to the referee, especially you lost three games in a row. You got to try to get that fourth one, especially when you're winning. That's true. That's true. And as for Jacksonville, we'll talk about them in a, in a minute in our podcast. But uh, all right, uh, Arizona thirty-eight, Cleveland twenty-four. Uh, Operation Free OBJ is probably going on right now. He says he don't want to go anywhere. His contract would make it hard for him to go anywhere, and I don't know who would want him. Uh, I mean, you probably want the talent if he's healthy, but he's such a headache. And I think he's starting to realize that Cleveland is not nearly the market that New York was. Atlanta 29, 49ers 22. This was an exciting ending down the stretch. The Falcons was able to score um, on was what I think the last play of the game to upset the 49ers. And uh, the Saints 34, the Colts 17. Drew Brees set the uh, all-time passing touchdown record. He also set the completion percentage record. That fool was 29 for 30. That don't make any sense. I mean, especially for him to be like 5-2. I mean, be 29 for 30 for, what, 307 yards and four touchdowns. And don't think that all his passes were like dinks and dunks and and things of that nature um, because that's not the case. He was averaging 10 yards an attempt, which is his highest this season, 10 yards an attempt. And, I mean, I mean that's just just crazy what he did in this game. And uh, props to him for, you know, the record now. And I think he may be able to hold off Tom Brady. Tom Brady's about three or four touchdowns behind. But the way Tom Brady is playing right now, he got to play an extra, extra, extra few games if he's going to catch Drew Brees because – it's hard enough for Tom Brady to get three touchdowns in a game at the moment. So we'll see what happens with that. But got to give Drew Brees his props for what he's done. He's not going to, because of the injuries, he's not going to um, hit, you know, 4,000 yards this year unless he just really goes, nah, he ain't throwing for no 1,600 yards in two games. Uh, he's not going to hit 4,000 yards this year. But, uh he does have 21 touchdowns and four interceptions, and he's had, had a great season. So, all right, so let's talk about what's going on next week. We got a triple header on Saturday. There are, there are no more Thursday night games. So we got a triple header on Saturday. And, Buck, I'll start with you. You have Houston, who is 9-5, first place in the AFC South, 
going up against seven and seven, seven and seven, Tampa Bay in Tampa. Man, that's a tough matchup. Um, in the way Houston, you don't know what Houston team's going to show up, but you don't know what Jameis is going to show up either. Uh, I'm about to go with the consistency of the Houston Texans. I'm going to take Houston Texans in a close, very exciting game. Um, only going to be won by three points. Okay. And, Ray, uh, the, uh, one of two great games, great matchups, rather, or important matchups on Saturday, you have the 10-4 and four Buffalo Bills on the road against the 11-3 and three New England Patriots. Well, I'm going to have to... Uh... I'm going to take New England because they're playing in Foxborough, but I, I like the Bills in this game. But the way their record is in Foxborough, I think you got to go with New England. But I, I like the Bills. So I like the Bills like in this game. I like the Bills. Now I'm taking the Bills. All right. Uh, we'll see what the film crew has to say. Uh, but we have the Rams... On the road against the 49ers. 49ers are 11-3. The Rams are 8-6. 49ers. I don't have to say nothing else. Okay. And we move to Sunday. Ray, the New York Giants at the Washington Redskins. Uh, both teams are 3-11. and 11, So whoever loses... Gets the better draft pick. I mean, I would say the Giants, but I've been liking what the Redskins have been doing. I, I'm going to take the Redskins in this. Okay. Redskins at home, take the Redskins. All right. Buck, Jacksonville is 5-9, and nine, and they travel to Atlanta to play the 5-9 and nine Falcons. Loser gets the better draft pick. The five, five and nine bowl. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. And Ray, you have Baltimore at twelve and two on the road against Cleveland, six and eight. You know Cleveland did them in last time. Yeah, I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm going to pick Baltimore. You know. I just don't have no confidence in pretty kids and bigger than them guys over there. Because they, they haven't met or lived up to any expectations over there. So, got to take Baltimore. Baltimore's hot. They know they got to fight off New England and a couple of other teams. So, they got to keep their foot on the gas. I think that's what they're going to do. So, I'm picking Baltimore. All right. And Buck Pittsburgh at eight and five, eight and six rather. That's the Jets five and nine. I think we'll do do a much better job on offense this week and run the ball a little bit more. You know, it is the Jets. You know, we have to keep our foot on the gas to keep Tennessee from getting our spot. So I got to go with the Steelers. All right. Ray, you have Carolina 
at five and nine. Everybody's five and nine against Indianapolis, who's six and eight. Well, Indianapolis is at home, so I won't take Indianapolis. I don't trust Cal Allen. He got off to a high start at five and zero, but since then he's been tanking. So I'm going. I'm going to have to take Indianapolis. Okay. And Buck, you have the exciting one and thirteen Cincinnati Bengals against the thrilling three and eleven Miami Dolphins. You got the Miami Goldfish and the Cincinnati and the Dayton Bengals. Mm. I'm gonna have to go with the Goldfish on this one. Got to go with Miami. Okay. I heard they're breaking into people's cars and leaving tickets for that game. All right. Pretty much. This is an important game, right? The 11 and 3 New Orleans Saints against the 8 and 6 on the outside looking in Tennessee Titans in Nashville. Derrick Henry. I think it'll be a close game. Yeah. But I'm I'm gonna have to take New Orleans because for obvious reasons. I mean Drew Brees and they can turn it on. And I don't think Tennessee got nobody can cover Michael Thomas. They don't. Not even close. They don't, but I don't know. When they get on get on that grass, things slow down a little bit. They can battle ram um Derrick Henry on them boys. I think Tennessee can win this game. I think they can. I don't know. We'll see. Buck, another matchup nobody cares about outside of their respective cities. The three ten and one Detroit Red Wings. They got that tie like they play hockey. Against the <laughs> five and nine Denver Broncos. At mile high as a kite. You got the Detroit Tigers and the damn Denver ponies. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I can't trust. I can't trust anything Detroit's doing these days, especially without Matthew Stafford. So I got to go with my gut instinct and go with Denver and them Shetland ponies. And you ain't got no confidence in David Blau. But uh, all right, Ray. Hey, you, you got the Las Vegas Raiders at six and eight. Traveling to the Los Angeles Chargers at five and nine. Capri Stein Stadium. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take the Chargers. Because oh, we wait. away, although we've been playing better away than on the road, but I'm gonna have to take the Chargers. Okay. And we got Dallas at Philadelphia. Both teams are seven and seven. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I look at the game from last week and it doesn't really give me any confidence that Dallas is going to play anywhere remotely close to that. But I think the Eagles are injured and I think that they're a bad team too. So I like Dallas to go on the road and beat Philly. I mean, they've beaten Philly about five in a row. Why not six? So until Philly beats them, I'm going to go with Dallas in this game. All right. We got uh, Buck. We have Arizona at four nine and one 
against Seattle, eleven and three. Seattle. Don't need no explanation. Okay. Ray, you have the ten and four Kansas City Chiefs against the seven and seven Chicago Bears. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think the Bears is about to mail it in. Okay. And the last game is Buck. You have the eleven and three Green Bay Packers against the ten and four Minnesota Vikings. Winner gets first place. You know, I, I can't go against A Rod. I got to go with the Packers, man. Uh, I, I know it just seemed like I, I would like to go with Minnesota in this one. But Kirk Cousins, man, I mean, he, he lights it up in, in primetime, but he loses more primetime games than win primetime games. And with Thielen still being slightly injured with that hamstring, you you got to go with the healthier team in this one. Plus, they're playing in Lambeau. And it, it's going to be real hard for Minnesota to whip their ass up there. It's already frigid temperatures, so they're used to that dome. So you got to go with A-Rod and the Packers. All right, and um, actually, the game's going to be in Minnesota. But, uh, and I stand, okay. cor- and I stand, cor- stand corrected. This game uh, will not be for, for first place because if the um, Vikings win, then both teams will be 11 and 4, and Green Bay has uh, the better division record. They would have split head to head. And Green Bay would have a four and one division record, and Minnesota would be three and two. So Green Bay would still be in control of the division going into that last week. So just thought I'd throw that out there for y'all. All right. This is also the last um, Sunday night game and the last Monday night game of the season. So be sure to, to know that come. Uh, Two Sundays from now, two Sunday nights from now, y'all, y'all ain't gonna have nothing to do. Just thought I'd throw that out there. So, all right, so that's where we are as far as the NFL is concerned. Uh, we'll get into the pod, get into some other topics on the podcast really quick. But I want to thank um, everyone for listening to the show. I want to thank Eminem for coming on. He dropped off a little while ago. Buck and Ray. And um, everyone can go to TalkToQ.com, sign up for the email newsletter, and you can keep up with the show that way. Have uh, And have the podcast delivered to your inbox every time it drops. So be sure to pay, stay tuned and listen for the Quick Shot podcast. Everyone have a good night. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to move tonight, and we start the whole double thing off. LB, anything move, we knock out. Let's go. I am the greatest. Go play intramurals, brother. But they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it.
You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? 